Yeah, so picking up on the Villiers, I think it's a good meeting every year that's mentioned earlier. It links in with our Christmas party. Okay, so now we're back. How good's technical difficulties? First time using the studio. Always good fun, always a learning curve for everyone involved. Yeah, so it's always a bit of pressure with this meeting every year. Obviously, our Christmas party, it often lines up with Villiers Stakes Day. So you, you get a quick clip over the year if you don't find any winners. And the Villiers, for me, Ellsberg's come up favourite. He won the lead up, so understandably is open favourite in the early market. I don't think he starts favourite. I think he'd have to be a query at a strong mile on a testing track there tomorrow. I know he went on a heavy track last start, but certainly was favoured on speed that day. I think his stable mate Steely certainly one you want to be with. I think he does start favourite. I've marked him favourite. Um, he's won three of his last four. Arguably should have won the Goldwyn Cup first up. So I think he's back in good order. He won in good style last start. Has no concerns with a heavy track. And his win on a heavy track at Rose Hill over 1,800 last preparation certainly leaves him in good stead there tomorrow. So I think... At the early price, he's one I want to be with. And I've been a fan of Brooksbyre all the way through, chasing her since her Kenzo win first up last preparation. I thought she was solid enough first up high next pat. She draws inside, so it's a different scenario for her tomorrow. I think she gets a much better run. Nash sticks, knows her well, 1,400 heavy track. And the big tick, I think, there tomorrow is the two main dangers, uh, Dynamic Impact and Blesk. I don't think they'll love the heavy track. Dynamic Impact won on a soft track last start, but didn't look to really handle it. He was just too good for them anyway. So I think a heavy track sort of, I'm not going to say you can pen both those chances, but I think it certainly dampens, excuse the pun, their chances, whereas it enhances her chances. So she looks the best for me there tomorrow. And then hopefully we're building a bank for Hong Kong on Sunday. Adam, what do you make of the meeting, I suppose, in general? Yeah, it's terrific. Before we go, can I go back to the Villiers? Yeah. Um... Sosie Bon, can I have a word on why or why not? Come on. Oh, I think... Uh, I you're, mean. you're midway through tipping a horse. Like, I haven't done the form admittedly as thoroughly as, as you would have, but I hear, like, oh, he ran well when he was beaten at Goulburn, and I'm like, well, what's going on? Sosie's in there racing a horse beaten at Goulburn. He'll clean that up. And I Am Superman ran into a Group 1 horse last start. Chance? Seems a big price. I think the wet track is the query that for him. That is problem. Yeah, I think I Am Superman... Issue for Sosi Bon is the wide draw, but he gets Hugh Bowman. I thought he was probably the best roughie in the race. Ah, good. Yeah, I'm not dismissive of I Sosie. I think um, maybe a wet track is an issue, but, you know, you back a lot of horses that lose. If $17.20's I Am Superman off getting mowed down by that thing last start, Cine one. Group one horse, is that right? Group one horse. What's he winning next prep? Um... Why not the rider on All-Star Mile Day when all the good milers are in Melbourne? <laughs> hey, guys, let's have an idea. Do you let's reckon he can run down Dreamforce? I think he can. <laughs> we talk about us having a thin pool of horses. Let's just run uh, two weight for age races over the same, pretty much the same distance on the same day, targeting the elite in both Sydney and Melbourne. Good yeah. plan, good plan. Good plan uh, if you own Cinewan. Yeah, great plan for him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in some ways it'll be a positive for someone. Someone will be winning out in that decision. I don't mind Ramwick Guineas and the Australian Guineas on the same day. I like that. They split Sydney-Melbourne and then we sort of see the form converge in the Rose Hill Guineas. And when you have that form not meeting each other till the grand final, I think it makes for spirited betting and opinions. What they should do, though, is ban, <laughs> other than banning all three-year-old restricted races after Christmas, except maybe the Derby, maybe. They should also ban the use of the word guineas outside of the springtime and have one guineas, which is a classic, and stop calling it. I mean, we have a thousand guineas in this country named after every state, city, track, 
going around. Like, how boring. Every course has a guineas. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I got him. I got him, guys. Throw out a bit of bait. He's easy to catch. Like name it after the great horses that have won the race, the guineas. My goodness. Well, the might and power, I was a big fan of the that. The guineas is a spring classic over a mile. Stop naming races after a race at Newmarket and start naming them after our good horses. Rant anyway. over. Yeah, Moving back, on. Back to Hong Kong, where they <laughs> don't bother with the guineas. By the way, you can catch... <laughs> You can catch all our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and we're now on Spotify. So you just have to search Racing and Sports Podcasts if you want to tune in. All the ones that we've recorded previously are there as well. So I think there's a few good Must ones miss. in there. I think we tipped a few winners every now and then. So ignore the ones we didn't, but the ones we did, obviously tune you know, in. Listening back to winners is really great. Right? Well, you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, we, you know, the other told you. You can't back this now. You can't back this now. Tune but if, in. If you listened, it's more so that you need to keep listening. That's the, that's the plug and. While we uh, will bring Jake back in because he's telling me Jake and Ethan obviously run the parlay each week, which you obviously hate because it's all about finding a place multi. But Jake is brimming with confidence this week and he's going to come on and talk us through the parlay this week before we head to Hong Kong with Andrew. We'll uh, start off with the first leg. Randwick, race six, number four, Irish Angel. We've got it to win. Uh, We've got wet track tick, down in the weights tick. It should just... uh, Go all the way and kick us off with a big, fat, green tick there. And we'll go up to Eagle Farm. We went to Ascot a couple of weeks ago. We're off to Eagle Farm this week. Race five, number one, Apache Chase. Uh, he just gets in far too well under the set weights conditions here. He's just a class above all the leaves. And we'll just take the shorts, $1.35. A bit of cream. With a bit of cream. So he should be the cream here and just rise to the top. Oh, geez, I'm good. And uh, be, be far too good for this slot. And we're going with Simo's best just to place here. Race 10, number five, Brookspear. Ran behind a smart one last uh, at with Expat. Uh, I think that was at Rose Hill, one at Simo. And yep. um, she goes to Eagle Farm. It should be hard to beat. But we'll just uh, play it safe here for the place. I think you're getting about $6, $6.50 with some bookmakers. So... Hopefully we've uh, come across three good ones for you guys there and uh, get back on top. I know. Meeting in my office Monday morning. I know. Place melting. I like, I've never been happier (laughs) to know that I could bring that on in front of Adam. Especially the Apache Chase just throwing in for a bit of cream. And then I love the confidence with Simo, we love your best bet, but we're just going to take it to place. (laughs) It's all about the the insurance, fellas. You've got to get a win on the board. Yeah, no, you are... You, you jagged it two weeks ago, so hopefully we can get it tomorrow. But more importantly, we're going to have winners in Hong Kong on Sunday. And we'll bring... Hopefully plenty. Hopefully plenty. I can't see Andrew there at the moment, but he'll be, he'll joining, be joining us, joining us, joining joining us shortly. shortly. Yeah, he will be joining us shortly. Um, we have we have, we a, have reason a reason why we dropped, we dropped out, out earlier for those, for those listening, listening cause cause Simon, Simon opened one of his betting apps which stuffed, which stuffed the whole thing up. Thing up. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the tricky <laughs> the trick the part with the new the studio is actually going to, to, uh, we've got, we've got nothing, nothing in it. So the problem with that, you can't actually read it. So you've got to purely off memory, which isn't easy at times when you're jumping around. So, so it looks like, like Andrew's uh, there, there in just a moment. moment. I'm trying to do, trying to do we've, we've got, we've got one, one microphone, microphone short. short. So, so Andrew from uh, live from Chartin is about to join us. And we've got 10 of the best coming up on International Day. Uh, we'll have Andrew in uh, just a sec. In fact, he may be uh, on the line with us right now. G'day, G'day, G'day Andrew. Andrew. Hey, there we go. I'm on. G'day, g'day. 
G'day, Andrew. How are you? I didn't get that music teed up for you. We've got something, though. We won't play that through, but it's not bad. <laughs> Can you hear Andrew? I can't hear him. He's got a muted sign for me. I'm not sure what's going on here. Just keep All right, Andrew, are you there? Yeah, it's like the um, English <laughs> top order at the moment. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> falling over in front of everyone. And your bowling lineup. Yeah. Well done, Andrew, uh, <laughs> touching on that first off so we can't rib you. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, get, get out in get, front get of it. Exactly. If we've done that, we can move on to the um, move on to the racing. It's a close show. I'll give you a visual by the winner's enclosure. You know, we see the owners, they always stand when they're walking down to see the horse, they take a photo of them. I'm sitting right there just because the winning post at the moment. It is glorious. I've had to take my jacket off because it's so hot. And you can tell us what time it is. We knew you wouldn't be late because you've got that flashy long jeans watch. So, yeah, it's uh, 20 past eight, according to my <laughs> long jeans timepiece, uh, which I do unfortunately have to give back the end of the wall, but uh, I've had a bit of fun with it all the time. That's if you don't find all the winners. You buy it off them. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. We'll try anyway. All right, we'll go in. I suppose we'll go in race order. We'll just look at the main features. And then, Andrew, you messaged me earlier to say you've got an absolute laydown down so we'll save that for the end. I'll give you time to think of one. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll kick off with the Vars. Uh, I'll throw to you, Adam. I suppose Glory Vars is the horse to beat on times and ratings. Yeah, he is. There's got to be some little query about since he won the Vars two years ago, he's um, he's been okay without being quite that good. So I think he might have been um, maybe just marking time. I think he's, he's clearly the favourite. If you go back through, I mean, there's a very easy line here. We've got the last two Vars winners, Glory Vars and, and Mogul, and there's a a soft line through them with, with Exultant, the horse they both tailed up. And, and I think Mogul got a weaker Exultant last year, but all things considered, I think he beat him by seven pounds. The year before that, Glory Vars beat him, I think, a better Exultant by further, beat him by 10 pounds and beat him finishing faster. So ran two and a half seconds quicker. Grounds much of a muchness at, at Chartin at this meeting, similar, similar, beat him way quicker time and finished faster. So I, I think when you, you rule a line through those two Vars wins, Mogul got a – I mean, Mogul's no good. And he got a weak, weak Vars last year and, you know, he would have had to trip over to lose it. So I think Glory Vars is clearly the, the pick of those last two. I saw some suggestion that Stay Foolish was a match for Glory Vars. I trawled through their form in Japan and could find nothing to, to tell me that he should be anywhere near Glory Vars in, in the betting. So if you think Glory Vars are ticking along, okay, and I, I think he is. I think he's the, the horse to beat and pile driver, as the market says, is, is probably the obvious one to beat him. But the problem pile driver has for me is that he's got the one Coronation Cup win, which, yep, would just about win it, just about. I think Glory Vars could probably still stuff him if he ran up to that mark. But I can't find the second run. He won the good race at York, the, the Voltager, and so that adds you know a little bit of substance to the, the rating at, at Epsom. But when that one rating is just hanging there and then and the next one's not good enough to win it, I, I think he's that just leaves him looking a little bit vulnerable to me. It was a you know, job done blew the cobwebs off in, in the lead-up, but nothing spectacular there either. Very hard to rate that particularly highly, and I don't think he was sort of cartwheeling away from them or anything like that. So um, I think the the early betting that I've seen says Glory Vars is a, a slight favourite. I think he probably should be a, a dominant favourite. In fact, the, the horse I'd back away from Glory Vars was the, the French filly, Ibira, who's potentially Alain de Roy Dupre's last-ever runner, potentially his last-ever Group 1 horse, but... Um, 
she's a wet track filly from France, which doesn't sound ideal, but the stable of um they've been pretty good at this, and she's as good as Grand Glory, who ran way better than I would have thought she would run in a Japan Cup. Now that doesn't make Ibarra run well in Hong Kong. That doesn't doesn't quite. It's work not how it works. It's not how it works, but it's um. Yeah, it's interesting, if, if nothing else. You know, Andrew, last time we were on here and, and chatting, you actually said, you mentioned the home track advantage for the locals. It won't matter here. They're absolutely no good. But No, no. <laughs> I think I did some digging because I was like, that's actually interesting. I tried to figure it out. And actually, the year, I think you're onto something because I dug through the last five vases. Let's see here, Simo. I Back can see. I scribbled this yeah, all he's down. scribbled it down. This is legit. So 18 horses have come from Europe. To run in the vase, and only five of them have actually matched or bettered their rate. Like basically three quarters of them have gone backwards by an average of about four and a half lengths. Now, average is unfair because some of them really tank, so median is a, a better value. But it's even then, it's about a couple of lengths. So even some of the winners, like Highland Real, won it, but he still didn't run no. right. He didn't have to run to his best. So they do seem to, to disappoint. Whereas the average and the median for the Japanese zero, so they do run to form over that period of time, whereas the Europeans tank. And the horses who come from Australia, typically Europeans, they really tank. Oh, we um, – I didn't <laughs> – I always – I don't know how we look at it, but I always thought we seem to do better than we do overseas, and then I actually dug deeper into Hong Kong. No, 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 we do We are good. absolutely disgusting. On average, the horses coming off the Melbourne Spring go to Hong Kong and drop six lengths ratings-wise. So that's bad. That's bad. So there is – I think you're onto something there. There is a – a home track advantage of sorts, but the Japanese seem to overcome it. And that's probably something to consider when you're looking at the races there on Saturday. The Japanese are potentially, I mean, I'm reading a lot into some small stats that I've scribbled down on the back of a piece of paper here, but the Japanese seem to handle it and race basically to form. The Europeans, as a rule, don't. So just to summarise, reliable Sorry, team a lot of Reliable team can lead all the way for Andrew, is that what you're saying? He is <laughs> 400 to 1. <laughs> How's, how have they all settled in, Andrew? What's been the reports? I think we've lost, we lost him. He might be just taking a moment um, there at Chartin. Um, uh, what about you, Jake? Anything to add? Well, I've gone with pilot driver on top. I think the last start, albeit on the all-weather track, I, it just stands out to me a little bit. He carried the 60 kegs that day, and he, he drops a couple of kilos today, even though he steps up in grade to group one level. But... I'm with Adam here. I think the one that interests me the most is that is Abara. I mean, she's down in the weights. Uh, the last start at Dover was probably below her best, but she won on a good track prior to that. Uh, double figures with early market. So we'll see what happens once the HKJC markets come out and where she ends up. But I think she's the one that intrigues me most going to the Vars. But pole driver on top from Glory Vars, I think those two are the clear on toppers for me. Sorry, I'm back, guys. I dropped out there for a second. I think um, I think you're right. Pile Driver and Glory Vars, those are the two. Mogul, uh, I mean, it, he didn't come into the race last year off a good run in the Breeders' Cup, but it would be a monumental turnaround to see him um, win again. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was talking about the, the home track advantage, I mean, it's anecdotal as much as anything else, but more over the, over the sprint and the mile, I think it seems to count for more for whatever reason. When you get up to the mile and a half, um, it, it seems to, particularly with the horses... Coming I from think, Japan, and I, I think the locals still have a home track advantage. They're just no good, so it doesn't matter. They get within, yeah, well, they get within yeah. six instead of getting beat eight. We saw the home track advantage yeah. on Wednesday. Zach just toyed with them. Yeah, uh, it was, that was such a good night. It oh. was such a good night. They couldn't have asked for any better races, any better finishes than we did. Yeah, I remember doing the form. I 
saw the market. Zach was favourite, and obviously home ground advantage. And I remember doing the form. I didn't have him winning any races, which he didn't. No, <laughs> well, you're right. Didn't really have him featuring in the finish either. I didn't have him scoring a point, and he's won it. Um, yeah, he just bossed him around the valley. It is the valley is racing in its own little island. It's something something else, and Zach. Toyed with him. I don't think the locals will be toying. I think with he's them. got the hang of it. Yeah, I reckon he does. <laughs> I reckon he does. It's um, when him and J Mac fought out the race in the sprint. That was, um, yeah, no, that's what you like to see, for sure. Yeah, but it was good. It was shared around a little bit in terms of the actual wins. You know, Tom won one, Holly got one, and um, Barcelona at the end um, as well with with J Mac. And I still saw people referring to him as "There's one for Australia, James McDonald," which was brilliant. He's yeah. ours. He's ours. We've taken him. Same as very elegant. <laughs> He lives in Bondi. That's um, a long way west of New Zealand. I think he just bought a yeah. just bought a place in Vaucluse, the champ. Yeah, good on him. Well, if J Mac rides for New Zealand, then Zach rides for us. He's ours. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah. You so can't. Australia won the Jockey Challenge. Yeah, you beauty. Yeah, I mean we win everything. <laughs> now, with the sprint, I think I remember when Lord Canaloa came over there and it was an absolute demolition job, and he set the track alight. At track work that week set everyone buzzing has there been any track work superstars leading into the weekend uh, well pixie night's the big talking horse everyone seems to latch on to him a little bit um they're not actually out as yet they're probably about another 15 minutes away from coming out this morning the international horse exactly so 15 minutes on that watch <laughs> <laughs> we haven't um seen them as yet but you know this is a good example this race i mean i know dan on smash one last year but he didn't exactly build a, build a vintage field, to be perfectly honest. But then you've got to go back to Lord Canaloa to line the last uh, overseas running. You know, it was Hong Kong, um, 2014, up until up until last year. So although there isn't a superstar as yet from Hong Kong, I still hold out help, hope for, for Wellington. Um, I still think you know they're going to have to be on their game to um, to beat these horses because you know even Lucky Patch, and I think we said going into that last race, you know, I don't think he's a Group One horse, and I've. I think if you sent him overseas, he'd struggle in the you know international group ones, whether it be you know Europe, um, Europe or Australia. But the way he's running at the moment, you know, you're going to have to bring your A game to roll those sort of horses. Um, but you know, Pixie Knight would be the one. But Resistente might be slightly forgotten. Um, she's got form around him. You know, she beat him a couple of starts back. Yeah, is Dan on Smash even a little bit forgotten? Beaten like we can we can gravitate to last start he's beaten there. He did. I've got it listed here. He's jumped 260 and Pixie Knight's jumped the outsider of the three in the sprinter stakes there last time, which is interesting. I mean, I'm not anti-Pixie Knight by, by any stretch. That was a big, fast win, and I think it's way faster than any of the Hong Kong horses have, have run. But Dan on Smash was fancied to beat them there, and I think you, you know, he's been to Hong Kong. He's won this race. Admittedly, your spot on, Andrew, last year's was a um, – that was a lowly edition of the race, wasn't it? But – um. Yeah, his form is, um, yeah, again, it, it ties in with, with the other two sprinters to say that if he's worse than them, it's not by much. And, and he was fancy to, to knock them off last start. So if he's, his double figures might might undersell him a little bit again tomorrow or Sunday. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and he drew he drew wide last year. He's got barrier 10 this year. So I wouldn't think that'd be a complete disadvantage to him the way he races. But yeah, he was favourite to, to beat um, Pixie Knight. And he's hardly got many miles on the clock since that win here in Hong Kong. He went back to Japan. Uh, won the Takamatsunami Akinnon beating Resistencia. I'm glad you two said that, not in. me. I was going to bring that race <laughs> up, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> um, you know, he was favourite when he came back for the Chairman's Sprint Prize last year as well when, when Wellington beat him. Um, you know, one start since then, again, as favourite. So they clearly still think a little bit of him. And I spoke to Kawada 
um, earlier in the week through a translator. And, you know, they're not down on his chances at all. And Kawada's got a, you know, he's got um, three really good rides in these, um, you know, him, Dan on Kingley and, and Love's Only You in the Cup as well. He had a really good afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Seven on three tanks. Adam, do you want to share your uh, translator story from Singapore? <laughs> I can't remember who the horse was. Gail, who was a um, long-time friend of racing and sports, was my translator, if you like, and I got a chance to interview the trainer of, I'm going to say it was Tossin something yeah. in the, the Singapore Cup, and I reckon I got five minutes into interviewing this bloke before I realised that he was a photographer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big raps on the horse. Though. Yeah, well, he seemed very upbeat about the horse's chances. And I, yeah, there's Gail translating away, and it just wasn't quite making sense. And then it all, um, and he, yeah, we all sort of leaned over and picked up his camera. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, the Singapore trips, it's a shame they're, they're not around anymore. If we could just stick with the sprint for a sec, Andrew, I saw Richard Gibson. Uh, say after the barrier draw, Barry 11 is probably not ideal for Wellington in the sprint. But I would have thought being out that far with his racing style wouldn't be as bad as sort of drawing inside four. What do they think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, it can sometimes appear that way. You know, you see Barry 11, you're going, oh, that's not good, is it? But you spot on it. He'll drop back anyway. And I think he can probably find cover. Um, he's going to be in the back half of the field. Um, but I don't think the pace will be sedate. So, um, yeah, he's possibly going to be better swinging wide into the straight. He'll get a clear run. Shouldn't be, in that case, a hard luck story. Um, and it's just whether, like in the back of my mind, I, I, I still think I'm going to go with him. I, I just do wonder whether he just, it's going to be his next start. We're going to see him at his absolute peak. But he loomed up last time when he was first up the seat. Loomed up and I thought, here we go. And he just sort of peaked a little bit. Um, he'll have come on massively for that. But I think, you know, when he swings in halfway down the straight, we're going to think we're in a big chance. Um, it's just whether that's you know little interruption at the start of the season takes its toll, but I'm hoping it doesn't because I still think he's a I still think he's a star. Of the Hong yeah, Kong I'm not ones. I'm not a I'm not giving up on him just yet either. I tipped him to every man and his dog last time out, and he didn't get the job done for me. But I'm I'm still holding on tight. I'm still not letting him go. <laughs> Good on him. Of the three Hong Kong, oh, I say three. There's three there that I mean I don't think the Hong Kong horses have done much yet. But I suppose Courier Wonder, Nabu Attack and Wellington would be the ones that they'd be holding out hopes of, of turning into maybe a 125-rated sprinter. That would be the, the great hope. But um, is, is Wellington the one most likely of, of that trio? Um, at, at this stage, yes. Um, Nabu Attack, you know, he's, he's thrown in the deep end here a little bit to a certain extent. Um, I, still, I think he's capable of, you know, some, some big races, whether he's, you know, going to be up to at this stage of his career. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but again, you know, it's just he's pretty dependent on pace, I think, and um, things going his way. You know, they won't be trying to ride him clever. It'll be just swing into the straight, get him out wide, and, and just get rolling. Um, lucky patch, probably dangerous drover. You know, uh, look past him again, given the fact he's he's won the two lead-up runs. Um, but I, <laughs> it's one of those things when you're not convinced at the start. It's, I've had to change my opinion completely of him. Um, so he may come back and, and bite me again. But It's funny, he's um, won them both, and yet no. he's the first one I look at, and I think, well, you've won both of those races, and no way. Yeah, exactly. Sky Field's another one um, that's, you know, I still think there's a bit more to come with him. When he's a, whether he's a group one horse at 1,200 metres, I don't know. But again, if they go flat out, I think ultimately 14 might be his, his best distance. But, 
whether that you know helps him here a strongly run race, he'll be doing you know his best work home. I think. The hard thing with Lucky it, Patch, if you've missed him, his last two starts, you can't really dive in there. Yeah. And it's interesting to note there too that Burton hopped off him last start to ride Nabu attack, but then hops back on Lucky Patch this weekend with Karras taking the ride aboard Nabu attack. So is it a case of Burton's gone, whoops, hopped on the wrong horse last start. <laughs> Let me jump back aboard and try and claim something here. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky game, I think, um, that you play like that as well. I mean, it's probably reason number 358 that I'm not a top-class sportsman is I'd just I'd pick one and stick with it, whether, you know, and then you just sort of um, you live with the result. But getting off one and getting on the other, um, you know, it's a dangerous game in the sense that, you know, you get it wrong once and, you know, do you get it right the second time? But um, you've got to trust Zach's judgment. Jerry Chow suspended anyway, so even if they'd have been looking for a new jockey anyway with Lucky Patch. I reckon Zach's heard my David Hayes theory. Nabu attacks run ninth. He's gone ninth for Hayes. Get on, and then he's run a cracker and run second. Get off. Yeah, that, that's what's happening. Yeah. It's it's not. Hey Zach, do you want to ride the winner of the lead up? It's no, no. Nah, nah. Nabu attack off a big peak. He'll he'll regress for sure. Yeah. Now Hong well, Kong. I, th- yeah. I think him again with um, Skyfield fourteen hundred Nabu attack Queen Silver Jubilee Cup. I think that'd be um, that's yeah, the that's, day. See that yeah. suiting him. I agree with that. I Just a bigger lump of a horse. Huge. He's an absolute giant. Again, 1,300 pounds more than. Speaking of giants, we're rolling onto the mile. Able friend. Oh, he was probably bigger than... Is he, Able friend would be a bigger <laughs> horse than Golden 60, wouldn't he? Slower, but bigger. Uh, he'd be bigger. <laughs> I'll never forget Darren Flindell's, Flindell's call of him. Um, Golden 60, everything all's gone to plan so far? Yeah, I mean, they're delighted with his preparation. So they're decent hit out um, midweek, I to Vincent um, earlier on um, it was Tuesday Tuesday was it and so yeah, they had to give him, a gave, gave him a good gallop they're happy with him um, I was actually joking with the guys I don't know if I put the mock on him or not but I was talking to we did a thing um, on Tuesday afternoon with Zach and Joe and Alexi and, and Vincent I said do you worry about the draw do you care and he said no he said it's out of my control just wherever wherever you know wherever I get I get um, so I said to the other guys Joe and Zach where do you want to see him and Joe said out in the river <laughs> and I said well but, <laughs> I said, what about on the uh, down the inside, all boxed up? He said, nowhere to go, and that's where he's drawn. Um, and, it, you know, potentially it's, it could be a bit tricky. But again, you, you know, you look at normally barrier two, you'd think perfect, you know, inside run, no work to do. But if they, they ride him the, the way they have been doing, going back, then he goes back and he's got, he's on the rail and he's got the whole field in front of him as well. So he has to go all the way back and loop the field around the bend or he, you know, sits in behind his feet or sits midfield and, and hopes it opens up in the straight. Yeah, not easy when you've got a big target on your back. If you draw wide, no. it's all right because they can't dictate to you. But if you draw inside, obviously runners on your outside can dictate your moves. But as And they Adam, will all be looking at him, won't they? Yeah, but as Adam touched on yesterday, if you're going fast enough, the gaps appear. So yeah. He'll go they quicker do. than the yeah. gaps. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, you know, where the pace comes from in that regard um, as well. And they'll be well aware of, you know, what potentially might be happening down. But the, the, the big advantage he's got, of course, is he can run some extraordinary fractions that um, certainly the Hong Kong horses can't do here. Whether the, the Japanese um, or uh, the Europeans can is, a, is another story. So even if he is, you know, on the inside as they swing for home, um, you know, he's got the turbo boost still to come. All right. I think he would want it to be a jig jog. If they jig jog, he'll just kill them. Like, it's game over. They're kidding themselves. That's what I wanted to ask you. If you're... You're riding against Golden Sixty. How do you try and beat him? What's your best chance of beating him? Besides bad luck, obviously. I think if you, for starters, you're going to need 
one of the couple of horses who can run. You're not going to get a, you're not going to fluke it against him. You're going to have to run big. So I'm thinking you're going to have to be Danon Kingley or Salios. So you're going to have to be a Yasuda Keenan winner or a horse that I thought was that good. And maybe I'm clinging on to a, a little bit, but um, I still think he might be about that good. And then I think you want to go fast. You want to go fast and you want to hope that they, they play too cute with Golden 60 and you want to go rip around. What did Beauty Generation run the, the Hong Kong mile in? He broke 93 seconds. Didn't he? he broke one. Yeah. Th- yeah, I think you want to, um, yeah, what you want to do, here's a, here's a plan, is you want to go around the Hong Kong mile in about 92 and a half seconds and hope that he gets into trouble. That's how you beat him. <laughs> so <laughs> the plan is to run really fast. Run really, really fast. And if you've got Dan on Kingley, I think you're some sort of chance of that. I still think Golden 60 will get out, mow him down. I hope they run 92 and a half, and I hope he, he gets clear running at 92 and a half. If he gets that, then we're going to see a um, we might see him performance run up to for the ages, and we can stop this stupid, like, what's he beaten? He hasn't beaten them by far, and everyone can bow down and realise that this is the real deal. Best miler in the planet and better than Able Friend. I was going to say, if he does that, <laughs> we, he'll sort of put himself ahead of Beauty Generation and still below Able Friend, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> One thing I will say about Beauty Generation that that mi- his mile win was just extraordinary. The second of them with Zach on board. That is the and way you to go beat back, Golden Sixty, I would say. Uh, that might he was just me- mechanic. You go back and watch it, and it, it was just like um, I don't know. It was just like automatic, and the way he gallops from into the ground, he he jumps out. You watch it as well. Watch the replay. Jumps out on his left leg out of the gate. Goes on his left leg all the way down the back straight. Switches onto his right. Quickens round the turn as he gets back into the straight, switches back onto his left and goes away. It was just a phenomenal race. Yeah, I've watched that video a oh. <laughs> Extraordinary performance. Um, so, yeah, if someone can do that, then he's in trouble, but I'm not sure there's a uh, there's one of those in the field this year. I, mean, I, I will say, say though, oh, excellent go. proposal. Sorry, excellent proposal. He's I mean, a horrible run for him last time. He's, oh, why do you have to bring capable. that one? We're not talking about that. We're not talking no, about that. He's capable of better. Um, definitely excellent proposal. And Van der Gaard, you're asking about track work. He's worked really well this week. He's coming off a you know pretty ordinary run in, in America in the Breeders' Cup mile. So, um, But his track work has looked good. I think as a racing fan, I want Golden 60 to wreck him. Yeah. Well, I think Vincent Ho is just going to bustle him into the clear. I mean, Golden 60 has, A, got the determination to win, and B, he's a big, strong lump of a horse. So I think if he gets stuck there on the inside, don't – don't expect it just to be a walk in the park. Vincent's going to shuffle his way, or not shuffle his way, he's going to push his way definitely to the outside. And I mean, we've seen his turn of foot for what, eight, 18, like 18, 19 starts now, and it's just devastating. And I think he's just going to power over the top of him no matter what situation he gets into. So you're all in at the dollar fifty then, Jake? <laughs> well, no, he's not the one. Not hearing of defeat? <clears throat> not hearing of defeat? He's not, he's not, I'm not going to take the shorts about him. I think. Put him in a multi. Uh, so you don't well, well, really no. like it. You don't really like it though. Lesson do one, it doesn't matter if you like a horse. All that matters is how much you like a horse. Exactly. How much do you like him? Well, I've gone indie champ each way. In, Done your money. As a, as a bit of a, <laughs> as a, as a bit way. of a, yeah, early, early crack at him. So yeah. no, I think if, if he doesn't, if he loses this week, it's, it'd be interesting to see what happens as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Andrew said that he was uh, might be thinking about going to Japan later in the year uh, or into 2022, I should say. So, but I think if he gets up this weekend, or oh, this is real bold call this, but if he gets up this weekend, he goes through undefeated all through this season again. Mm. Question, Andrew. I think. 
Well, I think most neutrals, let's say, for, in terms of just race fans, you'd, you'd like to see you know the champions win. You want to see him. So this weekend, if he wins, he'll be the that'll be 19 wins for him. So he'll be ahead of Beauty Generation and um, Silent Witness in terms of wins for a Hong Kong trained horse. It'll still be one off Silent Witness's consecutive record. He jumped into second place in the all-time money's earners list ahead of Exultant and Viva Pataka. So you sort of, you know, you want to see that um, that run continue just for the narrative as much as anything else. But, um, you know, you want to see him do it, where beating would, these good horses as well. Where would be his next start to take the record or to equal the record, I should say? Um, well, all things being equal, it'd be the Stewards Cup, I'd imagine, in the new year. Yeah. Um, the sort of the, the races. The, the interesting thing will be is what they do because they went up to two thousand meters last year. I don't know if they'll do that this year. The interesting thing will be is if they because Beauty Generation used to then drop back to the Queen Silver Jubilee over the fourteen hundred and take on the sprinters. Last year, Golden Sixty went up in trips to two thousand, then came back to the mile. Um, and although he's unbeaten, he's two from two at, at two thousand. I don't know what they'll do this year with him. Whether they'll because that'd be interesting to see him drop back to the fourteen hundred to take on. Um, you know, the like well, I don't think Wellington would go. I don't think he really gets the fourteen. But you know, take take on the Naboo attacks and the Skyfields over the um, you know, the intermediate trip. What an absolute mess of them he'd make. Quite <laughs> 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 just lastly on Golden Sixty, Andrew. What he's a dollar fifty the corporates at the moment. What price do you expect him to SP on the tote on Sunday? Oh gosh, good question. Um, maybe a little bit shorter than that. Um, I think that the Japanese horses are always very popular here as well. Um, but they not that it's just all sentimental money with with Golden Sixty. But what's he been his last? You go back, he's one point one, one point two, one point three, one point two, one point three. What was he last year? One point three, winning last year's race. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not on odds on Punter, so I'm not going to say yeah, one you know dollar fifty is a good price. But I'd imagine he might be a shade shorter than that on the tote. What price do you make him, Adam? I haven't priced it, but it sounds <laughs> it sounds like a dollar ten to me. No, I mean you've got a use like you've got a proper Yasuda Keenan winner in there who's always been a good horse. And I'm I mean, I'm gonna back Salios, so he'll be double figure odds and I'm still hanging on the idea that he could be, could be good. as good as I would have thought he was a better twelve months ago I thought Salios was a you know, he was smashed up by Contrail, but no shame in that and that he could be a you know, high one um, I talk on time form scale, high one yeah. twenties horse. So um, world class. Instead, he's been a low one twenties horse and just refused to take that that step. He's been disappointing, really, but he probably hasn't had that many really good chances. So this looks like a pretty good chance. I thought he was okay last start, so I'd I'd probably have something on him at, at double figure odds. And if he gets rolled by the the best horse in the world, so be it. Best horse in the world now. I've got to keep stepping in. So you change your you change your tone pretty quick. Well, I know. He just the more you keep him on, the more he just keeps building and building and building. I suppose he's got he's been go. he's been potting him for two weeks, and then all of a sudden he comes out best horse in the world. <laughs> the Hong Kong Cup loves only you. Obviously, the horse to beat. How did you see the race, Andrew? Yeah, I mean she was brilliant um, at Del Mar. Um, she was very very good here uh, last spring. Um, she's the best horse in the race it's a swan song as long as that uh, trip from you know America to here hasn't taken too much out of her I think she's looked great at track work this week she's really burned the gallop or burned the track up on uh, Wednesday morning Wednesday morning she looks super so uh, it is a very good race it's a very good race but um, she's she's the one to beat for me clearly I don't know that she's much better than 
and it's a little bit like what I was saying with pole driver before. There's one run, and it's always can you hang your hat on one run? But that leap of Pali's, admittedly on soft ground, knocked off had yeah. Contrail and Gran Alegria behind. Yeah, that was a win and a half on soft ground. I mean, that's um, it's form all on its own. It might not be appropriate form for Saturday. Yeah, that's. Can you hear this? It won't be soft ground on the weekend. I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope you went. So, I hope you weren't knocking your watch on the. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to trying to get a new one. Yeah. Exactly. But you wouldn't uh, think. No, well, I quite, mean, gee, are we really going to not back a Japanese horse because the ground's firm? That goes against every conventional wisdom oh, in the book. That's like saying a Kiwi no, no, doesn't. She's, like won, she's won plenty of times on quick ground as well, but it's not at this sort of level. Not and that they, run. That run is the one. No. Yeah. It just stands out. Um, so, yeah, and there's been plenty of um, positive, you know, general chit-chat around the track this week. Um, I know a few people um, fancy as well. I, I don't think it's a walkover for, for Love's Only. I mean, um, Dubai Honor, I'd love to I'd, I'd love to see um, both Pile Driver and Dubai Honor run well, just because the, the UK horses haven't in recent years, for whatever reason. I think that whether they've been wrong, bringing the wrong ones, but these two horses look like the right two horses for the right races. So um, I hope that they do run well, whether they win or not. Um, we'll see, but enough to give you know encouragement to the UK trained Incoming. horses to come back again because we've yeah we've been light on numbers from from Britain for a while now. Yeah, well, good I mean, ones, if they anyway, turning good up and getting smashed up. They um, we exactly. Finally, yeah, we, we learn our lesson. I think. Yeah, we've stopped coming. Yeah. Um, but Dubai Honor, I think he he should um, he should run with credit for sure. It's a good run. The champion stakes, you know, on softer ground as well. But it's it's three previous wins. Um, yeah. You know, if we take the um, the word of the British punditry. To heart. Second in a champion stakes should win this by four, five, six. <laughs> no betting. <laughs> no betting. A bunch of Australian birds. He's racing Eric the Eel. I mean, second <laughs> in a champion stakes. He should Leave just Eric hammer Eric. Hold on. The mighty Eric the Eel. The mighty Eric the Eel. Leave Eric alone. Given the um, yeah the vast superiority of, of the racing over there, you would think he's um, just much, much too good. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Torbjorn well, Torby Diamond as he is now, Eric. Um, it was a good run. I mean, he finally came good again in the ladies' purse. Um, so we'll see if he can step up. It, it doesn't look good enough to win this race. Um, nope. But, you know, he deserves his place in the field as far as the local horses are concerned anyway. Yeah. Max Sweeney run well. Has there been any talk about Max Sweeney? He's a funny horse because he won an Irish Guineas, but he was always Poetic Flair's second stringer. He was always the second seed. So there was never any hype about him. But he has, um, I mean, he's run well there in, in the champion stakes there last time. So... He'd have to, you know, third in a champion stakes again. That, in and of itself, says that this is a, a good horse and, and a, a classic winner over in Ireland. So he's um, he's got the CV to be competitive. Yeah, I, I spoke to the Mannings, um, Una and Kevin Manning earlier in the week, and um, they weren't, you know, overboard about him. But they, you know, they've got experience travelling horses. The Bolgers have been uh, doing this for a while and very successfully as well. So I think they can identify the right horse, and that's what they thought he was. I mean, he's obviously a pretty tough customer. Uh, given the campaign he's had, you know, Guineas, two derbies, he's back back and forth from, from the UK as well. They said he handled the trip really well. He's looked good this week. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a, you know, he'll run his race. I don't have him winning, but I think he's, he's definitely some sort of place chance. Yeah. And what was the state? Bolger brought over a mare who ran, I don't think she won it. Alexander Goldren. Uh, I'm thinking even more recent than that's that. That's a long not time a, ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago and not as good as that. I'm thinking about right. that overachieved there. I think I have it. I have it in the back of my head that Bolger's horses are um, undervalued as a rule, probably because he 
he doesn't do the sort of trendy thing of cherry picking. You know, he races them. He races them, yeah. So they get beaten and then they lose their gloss and people you know, turn on them. But they're very good uh, and they're um, – yeah, I can't remember the name Lush. of it. Oh, Lush, Lush Lashes. Lashes. What a ripper she was. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. Did she run a place in a Hong Kong Cup? Uh, she did She did run a place. She ran 14th. That is a place, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's there we go. Yeah, so they're just really reliable, the Bulger horses, and they run, they run well wherever they go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting to use that all night. All morning, I should say. All right, Andrew, we need um, – I think you've said you've got a few good things away from the features. Have I? Um, outside of that, um, interesting race. The first race is this mile class two, which is thrown up a couple. Actually, the international horse is just coming onto the track now as well. It's a sort of a it's thrown up a couple of derby horses in, a, mm. in, a, in, in the past. I think Werther won this race and Eagle Way went around it as well. Uh, Senor Toba goes in that and Cofield, who ran really well on debut. He's mm. from the UK, though. Um, look out for those two who are on Derby trails. I'll go with the first starters um, first. In race number um, three, do you remember Bucharest? For yep. Chris Waller? Oh, yes. Yeah, he wasn't much good. Mighty son of Miss Finland. He is now flying turbo. He's far from that. Yeah. <laughs> he got... he's, um, he's, he's slow. He's um, placed in the, well, fourth in the rough habit and then good old Queensland Derby form. We lost some Queensland Derby form. He was seventh in that. So yeah, Everyone's chasing um, the next Werther. Yeah, he's now with Douglas White yeah. flying turbo. Lyle Hewitson rides him. Um, don't think, well, I think it'd be interesting to see what he does. I can't see him winning first up. Other ones um, to look out for later in the day. We had a couple um, in the last couple of races. So their name escapes me now, but What's the race um, in between the, the group races where a Hong Kong derby horse wins every year? Ah, oh, yeah. There's always a trendy, trendy horse in that. Well, I know that they're running because it's a small oh, field. So that's going, uh, going, yeah. going earlier on. So that's that um, class two um, contest there. So we've got the Who's sprint the buzz horse? now yeah, the in between one. that. Well, yeah, Cofield, that's oh, I think the there. So it's a, a sprint, a 1,200-meter California Spangle up in class after it's Brilliant win. Um, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a good horse. So he's got Trillion win and Fantastic Way, who dead-heated last time um, to take on. But he's getting um, over a stone off Trillion win. So I think he'd be um, pretty hard to beat. Um, again, he'll be a short price. Zach can't ride him because he can't do the weight because he's, um, he's right at the bottom of that now. Um, who are the other ones? Oh, Star, Star Bright was Bravado of John O'Shea's. Ah, okay. Uh, he won at Kembla and Scone. He's actually trialled okay. So he's with Francis Loy and... Um, Beauty Mission, also going round in race number nine. He was examples of Michael Costas. He won at the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast. Um, they go round in the, in the ninth event, but I'd just be watching them. Um, first started from Ireland, the last Storm Legends. Now we cast the sounds. But Packing Victory goes round that last race. He's heading towards the four-year-old series. Yeah, um, finally, as well. so finally gets finally up the Yes. Yeah, up to the 1,400. So he was brave last time. He was odds-on favourite and beaten by the Golden Senior, but 1,200 metres on the sharp side for him. So um, I think that was a pretty good effort, uh, all things considered. So Zach in the last, um, that's the one. you just got to be Joe. Yeah. That's the danger. I think War Weapon will go well in the night for Casper and Joe. He was in that Golden Senior race last time. He's won a trial since then. So um, what should we say? It's Cofield in the first, outside of the big ones, and War Weapon maybe in race nine. Easy, easy game. And before you before you go, Andrew, sorry, I just want to cast your mind back to Wednesday night in the last far far over the eighteen hundred mm. metres. There is he heading towards the four year old series? 
Well, I think it's in the back of their minds, yeah. So that was 1,800 metres um, he won on, on Wednesday night. So his racing, I didn't check it actually the next day, but he'd be sort of mid-high 80s now. So that's, you know, he, he's in there, he's in the mix. But the, the thing about, I mean, he, he obviously looks very progressive and I think there might be still more to come. But, you know, he's taken, you know, it's four wins now this season. So he's already had quite a hard campaign to get to his rating. You know, you take Cokefield, for an example, who's running on, on Sunday, just his second start. Let's just say he wins. He's on 80 now. So he's going to be on a very similar mark to, to Farfar, but he's only had two runs. So, you know, by the time he gets to the, the classic Marla Cup or the Derby, you know, he's going to be, you know, six, seven, eight runs um, into a campaign where he's, you know, meeting some fresh horses. Maybe that turns out to be an advantage. I don't know. But Frankie Law had said that, um, that yeah, he was, he was sort of looking in that direction if the horse... Um, you know, sort of put his hand up, and then they'll give him a chance. Beautiful. Very good. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us, not only today, Andrew, but uh, the last few weeks, uh, providing great insight from on the ground, which is what we need. And you've given us more than a few winners, I think, on Sunday. So if our tips are right. no good on Saturday, we just win it all back on Sunday. So thanks again for joining us. Let's, let's hope so. Like the, uh, the internationals out on the, uh, the Japanese horses, Love's Only You's just gone past me. Uh, Breathing fire. Yes, absolutely. Um, just on the inside, they're on the all-weather track this morning. It's out here. You can watch it live on the. Go to the website, and you can see the track work live now. Oh, nice. um, they'll be out. They won't be doing very much, but stretching their legs. But um, but yeah, it's a glorious morning here. So uh, I will bid you farewell and uh, good luck on Sunday. Um, I'd say hopefully we can get an even spread of the uh, the winners to um, keep everyone happy. But um, yeah, it should be a great day. Looking forward to it. Cheers, thanks again. As always, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. See ya. See you later. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. And as mentioned earlier, you can catch all our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and now on Spotify. Just have to search Racing and Sports. Cheers, guys.